Well, you Welcome to Frame by Frame. We're looking at menus. Yeah, we're in, we're in the pub. Funnily enough, we are actually in a pub this time. <laughs> <laughs> So what are we going to talk about? Ghost documentaries. Yeah. Alleged hauntings. And... Etc, etc. And the fun connections to all these little documentaries. From August 1977 to September 1978, a series of events took place which stunned the nation and have subsequently become one of the world's most shockingly infamous poltergeist cases. Do you understand that you really should very strange goings-on of an alleged ghost or poltergeist causing havoc in their home. The story made news across the country, changing the Hodgson's lives forever. So was 284 Green Street in Enfield, North London, the most haunted house in Britain? You well, you we actually thought, yeah. didn't we, because um, the making and um, the conjuring to the Enfield poltergeist. Okay, yeah. So we thought we'd discuss the real case, and then when the film eventually comes out we can see what they've Hollywoodized and what but have you, you've seen the trailer right oh, there's a trailer for it already yeah did you not watch it no you talking to me did you have a brain tumor for breakfast like who the hell are you talking you talking to me I'm funny how I'm funny I'm Peter Vinkman we all go a little mad sometimes You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! This is the story of the Enfield Poltergeist. That was a very strange house, and something very strange was going on there. Everything that you know about poltergeists occurred in that house. They were scared out of their wits. They just didn't know what was going on. So the real case, when, 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 when did this happen? Yeah, it happened in 1977, Stephen. <laughs> I think it was, wasn't it? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, I remember thinking it was a year before I was born. The fascinating thing about it is how documented it was. It's 14 months of activity, apparently, yeah. and, and multiple different angles. I mean, sure, some of those um, perspectives would be coming on, 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 a, on a certain level of pre-existing knowledge. Once yeah. you get to the 14th month, everybody will know about it. Yeah. Um, but we're talking, like, police... Police Allegedly went in there and saw things, yeah. Yeah. Because all this stuff was happening, so they invited the police to come into the house to and the police saw allegedly saw activity happening. A chair moving. Yeah, a chair moved by its own on its own and um, they had to say that there's not no criminal activity here, there's nothing they can do about yeah, it because it's it's not criminal. On Thursday, 1st of September 1977, at approximately 1am, I was on duty in my capacity as a policewoman 
when I received a radio message to Green Street, Enfield. I heard the sound of knocking on the wall that backs onto the next-door neighbour's house. The eldest son pointed to a chair which was standing next to the sofa. I looked at the chair and noticed that it was wobbling slightly from side to side. I then saw the chair slide across the floor towards a kitchen wall. It moved approximately three or four feet and then came to rest. But despite first-hand experience of this alleged supernatural phenomena, the police were powerless to help the family. They were very considerate, they were very nice to the family and said that this really wasn't a police matter. They couldn't find anybody breaking the law. They were anxious to help if they could and they, they, they really couldn't. So, yeah, so the, the police were straight away very supportive of the family's case, even yeah. though they didn't make anything, anything official. It was not their place. Mm-hmm. It's not their expertise to work in the field, the field of But it does seem that the, the mother was desperate. Yes. And was just trying to get someone in to do something. She needed somebody to come to be able to, you know, because you'd think you're going mad. Mm. I mean, you know, it's creepy. Living in a house where that's kind of stuff. I mean, you're, you're coming from a person who has been in a place where stuff happened. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's you know, from your own experience, it, it is as real as anything. Yeah. Whether, no matter where the source is. Coming yeah, from. Where, and whether it, it, there is there are natural reasons for things happening or not. Yeah. It's still terrifying and it's horrible to live in a place where you're scared to go to bed at night. In fact, when when we do put this out, if you go to the blog, there I'll be reissuing the uh, the interview that I had with Andy Lillum when I first met him, um, yeah. so that we can do it because it's just a fascinating subject, and I think that you kind of get a big feel on um, and on that kind of thing. And, um, and so what sort of things were happening in the um, Enfield? Enfield. So well, we have the. Um, it started off kind of small, and then it grew. And yeah, things moved. built up. There was um, a chest of drawers that moved. Yeah. And when the mum tried to move her back, she literally couldn't push it. it was, yeah. As if something was stopping her from pushing it. It's it's clear that they're not they weren't of the educated type. I mean, when they had um, the, the guy come in, the expert. Um, and he came in and, and it was telling them that it was a poltergeist that you had a poltergeist in the house and they didn't know what a poltergeist was he had to actually explain it to them point by point you know what it was and, and, and you know what they thought it was was just they just couldn't describe it because they just didn't have the education. any references yeah. for it this was before poltergeist was even a film yeah of course the yeah. Only that's interesting though isn't it it's very interesting that it predates any of those other influences I mean, Which gives more validity to the case, really. Yeah, I mean, ghost stories were kind of just fanciful uh, costume dramas, you know, where people, ooh, you know, it was all of that. And that was we can sort of rule out yeah. they did not watch The Innocents. They hadn't probably watched The, the Innocents. Yeah. Maybe. Me. Maybe. See, I never thought of it in that respect that a family that literally have no reference to the things happening around them because they have no idea of yeah. there ever being a ghost or what a ghost or a poltergeist. So when it be. starts happening, they probably are thinking natural causes to begin with. They're yeah. thinking burglars or or imposters or or the children being children. Yeah. Um, but when, like you say, she must have got to a state where she needed the police to to, to come in and verify it and see things moving around and that's something that 
once you've gone there, opens it all up, and I think that's probably when things started to escalate. Yeah, food. That was quick. There we go. We seem to be getting some false starts, some technical um, technical problems. Yeah. Yeah, this is very rare. This never happens. We're usually pretty good. For some reason, the batteries keep draining out of all our... Um, equipment. Equipment. It's very strange. You can't even make this stuff up. No. Much, much like it happened at the <laughs> Enfield Poltergeist. <laughs> That's true, isn't it? Where um, a lot of the um, the equipment that the video equipment and... they couldn't use, yeah, yeah it just drained. Uh, audio equipment they seem to be able to record on tapes, not a problem because mm. they didn't have batteries. I guess it was all power, wasn't it? Main power. Yeah, they got all those tapes, which is impressive. But outside broadcasters came in with cameras and, and actually talked to Janet while she was possessed. Right. Um, there's one video on YouTube of her talking and her sister just sitting there looking like I've had enough. These teenage sisters believe they're haunted well. by a poltergeist. I was going to ask the same question as I asked earlier. How many voices are there? Six hundred. Six hundred the voices. I know the joke. How many really are there, Margaret? I think so far we've had ten. Three. Um, sensible voices but the rest of the names are absolute rubbish yeah it, it doesn't seem fun I mean this whole thing that they're doing it, it's not fun and I don't know if they made any money out of it they, they, no. they, they certainly didn't try and like write a book about it and make money out of it that way I mean, like you say, you told you said to me that you've seen Janet Winters. Uh, re- uh, did you see her on the this this morning? Yeah, yeah, and with, she just looks like a broken broken person. Yeah. yeah, many people said, you know, that they couldn't understand how you could sustain this voice, which was very raspy, without it actually hurting your throat. Were you aware that when it when it happened, that that that, uh, that these words were coming out of your mouth, uncontrolled or controlled by you? Uncontrolled. It wasn't controlled by me. I wouldn't say so. Could you hear them at the time, or were yes. you? you I could you, hear you them. Yes. I could hear them, but it just didn't feel like it. It felt like it was behind me, mm. not within me. And at, at one point, Morris grows take my mouth up, and he filled my mouth with water, and it still spoke. Mm. So it came out even though you've got a mouthful of water. I think a lot of that was due to the the pressure of being on television again because she she's been the least one of the the people who have been least talking about it. She hadn't really done anything before, right. and I think she was feeling a little bit like uh, annoyed because she had the skeptic right next to her, and she and she, yeah. was, she was very on edge about that. And uh, but and that skeptic was a bit of a prick. Yeah, redundantly t- tactless, yeah. and uh, uh, just basically just saying, "Oh, but she, she a skeptic, shouldn't actually give any um, opinion of what she thinks happened. She can only say what she thinks did not happen. That's what a skeptic should be. They yeah, don't, yeah, they don't weigh in with their opinions of it was the children messing around." They should just say, well, uh, the paranormal hasn't been proved, so they need to start thinking about the natural things first before you... I mean, she um, didn't say anything like that. And yeah, and to say, like, I wasn't there, yeah. so I can't really speculate on anything. No, she can't. So, to give informed... 
an informed point of view where she anyway yeah whatever but she was yeah she yeah it was one of those things where yeah but she, Janet did look like she looks vacant and yeah, yeah like she has been through some sort of trauma exactly and and I don't see money coming out of her hair you no, know, you know, no. It's, there's no volume in it at all. There's no, it was literally just flat, and yeah. it looked like a wig. Actually, I don't know if she purposely changed her appearance to be on television at all, or you know, it's one of those things that she doesn't want to be recognised for it. She doesn't want to be a part of it. She knows that you know, even if there is embarrassment at the fact that they did fake it mm. just for the publicity, for the fun of it, it, you know, she's not enjoying it now, and so you know, it's not really. Yeah, and it, it just the eyewitnesses. So seem, many of them. Yeah, like we've got the police we talked about, we've spoken about. We've got um, the the journalist. Yeah, the journalist. Obviously, he saw quite um, quite a lot of phenomenon. Yeah, Nickel, who was the uh, the guy who was working on the Melvin Harris, and you've got the lollipop lady. The lollipop lady. She oh, yes. was walking past the house, looked up and allegedly saw Janet levitating in her own bedroom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people don't just... And, you know, lollipop ladies are the they are the, the most honest people in the world. Yeah, and, and you can trust them as much as you can trust airline pilots. Yeah. Too soon? Too soon. <laughs> But, you know, an airline pilot is to UFOs what a lollipop lady is to ghost um, <laughs> investigators. Yeah. I mean, everybody always cites that they are reliable people. And luckily, luckily, that's not entirely true for every single professional. I mean, to say that, you know, they always say, well, pilots in the army said this or a UFO. I mean, yeah, who, yeah. who can you actually say? Legitimately, if I say that there are ghosts, then it must be true. See, it's not just yeah. one. It's not the one person. No, it's a, a, a gathering of people who witness a certain event. Exactly. <clears throat> it's not just one person. It's many people, and over a length of time, you know. Yeah, like in York, um, a group of people saw a Roman legion walk, literally run through a wall, and it was witnessed by a dozen people. So that's a bizarre one. Yeah, so yeah. you can't. You know, you can't start to say, right, all right, well, these things don't exist. You can't say when... these things don't exist, but at the same time, you can't say that they do. But you oh, can no, no, say no. that something happened that we still can't understand. Yeah. And that, that that thing could be a shared uh, experience or it could be something that's physically there. Yeah. You know. There's a lot to be said about we don't understand what we can do with our own minds. You know, we don't tap into our full potential no. within our brain so maybe there's some subconscious parts of our brain that can make things manifest can make things move yeah i know yeah. we talk a lot about poltergeists that tend to be where ghosts uh are to do with the place usually poltergeists tend to be around a person yes, yes. in this case it was janet who was uh, about to embark on womanhood yeah she was starting um, to go through puberty which apparently is uh, this happens quite a lot? Yeah, and I wonder if Poltergeist itself, as a, as an influence, uh, used the Enfield Poltergeist as a reference. Maybe I'm not sure. It's hard to tell. I mean, and, and America seems to be very insular at this time in the seventies, where it's it's all about their own 
culture. I mean, mm. like I said, the, the, the strange thing is, is that the Enfield um, poltergeist has, has been out. Well, it's, it's been a thing. Well, for almost thirty-five years. Yeah. Nobody's ever made a film about it. We'll get there. I know. Are you okay? No. You feel like there's something burning inside of you. <laughs> but so uh, yeah. You it's, know what she did. Do you know what they're doing? <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. We'll look at the evidence. Cool. Then. The pictures of a uh, levitating. Levitating from the bed, leaping from the bed. It, it does look like she's leaping. just jumping from the bed. Which can be can be done. Yeah, but I've leapt from beds often. <laughs> but uh, to the point where you could hurt yourself because that looks like a very high leap basically. yeah and the one thing you notice the the covers of the bed don't seem to be disrupted they're not wrinkled or anything they're just okay yeah it's, it's a lot of the bed's made so if you jumped from to create that amount there of force a, there, there would be, be a movement of, of force against it and a dis, a dis yeah a rustle of, of materials yeah Russell and materials. Russell materials. So, he's uh, a good stand up in yeah. Russell materials. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, so it's. And then there was another one when um, yeah. they found her on top of, like, a, not a wardrobe, but it was like a. A, a chest. A chest drawer. Yeah, she was, yeah and it, it looked like you could jump that, maybe, or climb up, but yeah. I'm not sure. It's, it's, it's ambiguous because there's. With photographic evidence as it is now, I mean, back in the day, um, you'd have, like to say that there's a lot more credibility because there's there's no cultural influences out there that mm. say that that you know poltergeist activity is this, so therefore they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, and there's nothing to say that the cameras have been tampered with because the level of tampering back in the day was was practical yeah. and very hard to do. Um, the fact that he was actually able to have his cameras recording. All you know, snapping all night. That must have been a lot. I don't know what kind of cartridges they would have had for f- photographing things like that. Yeah. What I mean, it's not like they had um, multiple. You know, you'd still have like sixty exposures. Then you have to change it. Wouldn't have been. Did they have a sort of motion thing back then? So when things started to move, it then started taking pictures. And it started to take pictures. Was that yeah. technology available in the seventies? Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. Um, Unless it's purely done manually and they're watching. Well, they in mm. in interviews, the the investigator, paranormal investigator, said that there was because Schofield sort of said it's a bit weird that you're in there taking pictures of yeah. children in the bedroom. He said, "No, we weren't in the bedroom. The cameras were just on there and taking pictures." So that's it. The levitation started off with the girls sort of just sliding out of bed. And then it got more and more impressive when we ended up with a sequence of pictures of them, what I'm told is levitating. When that camera went off, it photographed about five frames of a girl starting off coming out of bed and then ending up on the floor. As the doctor came round and gave her a shot, and he said something like this would put a horse or an elephant out, and she's still fighting and fighting. And it ended up with about two or three of us trying to hold her down and she, this was after the, the sedation later on that night she was found what 10-15 feet at the other end of the room up on a dresser um, that's quite a shocking thing in itself we were all downstairs big bang 
Everyone rushes upstairs, her uncle goes in first, finds her on the radio. I walk in with the camera, bang. I had that experience of levitation, which was witnessed from the street outside. Rather, as you saw in the exorcist, her head didn't go around in circles, but the, um, the lollipop lady right across the road saw her floating around the room in mid-air, and it frightened the life out of her. The fact that they weren't playing on it, that mm. they weren't... That there was nothing, there's nothing that they got caught on that was fabricated. Yeah. They weren't like saying, ah, well, I saw them, uh, saw them behind the walls with, with cords and things like that. You know, all the possibilities that they could have for the 14 months that this thing was going on, that they didn't actually slip and make a mistake. Yeah. And people, like, I mean, people were just turning up to go to the house and experience stuff, and apparently most of the time they did. Something happened, wherever, yeah. wherever that was. And there was times where the kids <clears throat> did mess around. But that's just kids messing around. Yeah. Like, they walked in and found them messing around with a tape. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's what kids do. And I think as the phenomenon started to decrease, I think they started to like maybe act on it and start to put things on a little bit because... Well, it, they're it's, putting on a show, you know, and they don't want to disappoint people come round. But I do think they, they, they probably have experiences where they they had no show and it was disappointed, and people were t- making them feel worse because mm. they're saying you're full of shit and that. So in a way, it, it, there's a comfort in putting on the show to have people seeing it, so that they know that it's still relevant. That it, it, it was almost as if they're 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 a part of it now yeah they're so much a part of it that they they, they have to actually it's isn't that Stockholm syndrome <laughs> they're actually they've, they've fallen for their poltergeist <laughs> captive and they're actually they're kind of trying to keep it going in a way but maybe that was true who knows hmm wow wow you're not sure you just made because when you said falling for your captive you made me think of the entity yeah yeah oh yeah that was that was a full on that's a difficult film to watch it's the, Again, allegedly based on a true story and documented yeah. case of a woman who has been repeatedly raped by a ghost. Yeah, and the effects on that, that they really worked hard to kind of get a pressure on, on the body that you can see mm. handprints moving and the skin being pushed and pressed and twisted. Yeah. Really. Because the attacks are violent. Yeah, and they really made sure that that's what they got. Yeah, all the bruises all around the legs and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. But there's the one part isn't there where um, she's asleep and then it starts and then she has an orgasm and wakes up and realises what's happened Yeah, and then yeah. she just starts screaming at whatever it is and one thing freaked me out about watching the entity at the end uh, you know you get the um, the what's happened after, the, yeah. after these events and it says like the attacks although have decreased in in intensity, have, intensity yeah. they're still happening to this day and I just thought ah oh, if that's real fucking hell that's horrible <laughs> you know but how, but you get to a, you must get to a point where you know that you can't escape it yeah it's like having it's like having a well in the film doesn't it she goes to a friend's house and it all kicks off there and a friend never believed her up until that point and then yeah, went over yeah. Like I think small poltergeist activity happened there with things being pulled out of shelves and stuff. And the light fittings are all... Yeah, and then she's like, I'm sorry I never believed you, you know. It's bizarre. It'd be a horrible thing, a situation where you just can't get away from it. And that's when I think, you know, all the people who fake 
the ones who do fake all this all, all the crap and, and put it on TV and things like that yeah. you know that they're that they're really it, it's like it's like pretending that you were raped yeah and, you know and it's like and all yeah. dumb you know it's like if if, 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 if if this turns out to be a thing that is <laughs> I'm sorry is your Eddie Eddie Murphy um, suit a little bit itchy yeah it is sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna change that chair next time. That's not fair on you. No, it's okay. Because you okay. feel as though you can't move. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just doing. You know, if it does turn out to be a thing, something that is true, and these people are experience a lifetime of of hurt and pain, mm. then to be a person who actually pretended to do it just for the to, just for publicity or money, shame on you guys. Oh, absolutely. Jesus. It's awful. And that's the thing with the Anfield poltergeist. They've not tried to make money out of it. No, they haven't. And They're not as, rich. Yeah, and as poltergeist activity tends to be, it happens for a certain amount of time for no reason and then just stops for no reason. Yes, yeah. Which seems to be what happened in this case. I mean, the family left the house and somebody else uh, saw it, had activity happening to them because he went to, in to get a, a clock radio. Yeah, that, um, well, that was her brother, wasn't it? They'd yeah. gone on holiday and it's her brother went back. Yeah, they, they were holidaying down at Essex. Yeah. You know? Now, this I'm not sure I believe this guy. Yeah, that sounds like... Yeah, that, that, that's somebody who's sitting at the table and... Uh, and yeah, well, then he, he had to get something... He said the the clock, right? So he walks up and the door opens by itself. And then he carries on... He walks the into the room, gets the clock, and uh, uh, the door shuts behind him. Yeah. He gets the clock, he sees the handle move, the door open again, and he walks through... I'm sorry, and I'm up that stairs, and then the door just opens by itself. I'm wow. like, yeah, I forget, I'll buy you a new and then clock. He, and then he has time on the way out to notice somebody sitting at the table yeah. and recognises exactly what they're wearing. Yeah. No, uh, no. So, yeah, it's, 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 you know, towards the end, I think people were probably just fabricating their way through it just to mm. get, get their name in the papers. I mean, I wonder how many stories he sold. Well, that's, yeah, that's interesting. And, so I, I don't believe his accountant things. And when you find um, Janet on top of that chest of drawers runabout, the first person who was in that room was that brother. Yeah. Whether they heard the big bang ran in there and she was really high up there and don't know how she got there and he just happens to be in the shot. Who knows? But yeah, I do oh. believe something happened, which we should talk about Bill. Yeah. Bill. Yeah. Right. Um, Ooh, she's cold chill. Yeah. Space. Well, she started to... A voice started to come out of Janet. Yeah. And it was this really North London rough voice. Right, yeah. That yeah. came out. And um, it claimed to be someone called Bill. He used to live in the house. Yeah. And um, he'd gone blind. Yeah, before it, moments before he died. Moments before he died, he'd gone blind. And he had a... Was it an embolism? Embolism, a pop in his head. Yeah, and yeah. he died. So, we'll play you a bit of Bill's Greatest Hits. Um, just believe that this this is coming out of a 13-year-old girl. Yeah. What happened to you when you died? Just before you died and just after you died? Days before I died, I did. I went blind. Then... I had an hemorrhage, and I fell asleep, and I died in a chair in the corner downstairs. 
Bill, if you're there, would you answer me the following question? What have you done with Denise's 30p? It's just a radio. That's it. Sorry, Bill, can you say that again, please? It's just a radio. That's it. Right up, Bill, I'll go and look. Thanks ever so much. Why can't Janet fool you? I'm invisible. You're invisible? Why are you invisible? So make of that what you will, I think that's quite compelling. It, it is, especially when it was then not in the moment because the book came out about uh, you know about the how the haunting. Yeah. And years later, um, I think one of the uh, the son or grandson of Bill read the book because mm. he was interested in the area because that's where his grandfather or father used to live. Yeah. And he ended up corroborating that story. Yeah. About Bill's later later years, about the fact that he died in the chair in the living in the living room, he had an embolism and he uh, was blinded by you know he was, was blind previous to his death. He was yeah. just going blind. So you know it's it's little what, details. Yes, what's that about? What's all that about? Yeah, I mean it, it's it's like they say in the documentary. It is possible that that com that could be common knowledge. That somehow there's a loophole where somebody actually did have that knowledge. It's possible. It's yeah, not yeah, impossible. It's, it's not possible. It's... She could have overheard it, and then it's in yes. her subconscious, and then when this alter ego comes out. Yeah. But they did say that what's making the voice is a part of your vocal cords that we don't generally use. Yeah, so they said. So but, they said, yeah. yeah. And um, to talk like that for an extended period of time, you, your voice, your vocal cords can't handle it no yeah no. can't handle yeah. it so and uh, you know brand new muscle the back part of that it's it's never yeah used, you would so. lose your voice so. yeah it's hard and it the voice hard. is so it sounds like an old man it does sound like an old man from london yeah it's weird man and she doesn't seem to be the kind of girl who i mean she had this kind of a smirk on her face in that one video and she she seems to have this kind of a malevolent smirk on her face as if she's like being naughty yeah and you, you don't know where that's coming from it, you don't trust it but you don't know where it's coming from so therefore you don't question it mm. you might not you know you can't trust it but you don't question it that was the lesson on MC Hammer song you can't trust it <laughs> you can't yeah. trust it get out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'd be a vulgar display of power, Karis. <laughs> anyway. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All the exorcist. What a... What, what a, a gemstone. What a, yeah, what a... I have the book right here. I've never read the book. The cover used to scare me. The, not the cover, but I don't even know what the cover is. Yeah, I don't know what that's... What is that? That's, that's exactly like, what scared me. I think me. it's a, the idol of a devil or something, but... God, it smell, I can smell history in here. Oh, I love don't the smell sm of old books. Don't smell the exorcist. You get possessed. <laughs> Just. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. How long are you planning to stay in Reagan? Until she rots and lies stinking in the earth. Uh, okay, so we, we, we kind of talked about the Enfield case. Yeah. Uh, we, we feel kind of like it's still open. It is. It probably always will be. 
I don't yeah. think you'll know, again. Always the case for these things is you can't, you don't know what the truth is. Yeah, I mean, people can, people who weren't there can guess and make their own ideas. Yeah. For all, you know, they they seem to do it about moon landings and anything these days. It doesn't matter. Um, but you know, the truth is, is that you know, supposedly, hang on, supposedly there were uh, things happening in this house. There was a family involved. Mm. Uh, that family are either. Yeah, it's, it's honestly played with weird stuff yeah, going so on. Could, you know, if, if, generally, though, generally yeah. this is not, you know. But funnily enough, if this was any other podcast, we'd be annoyed. We're actually kind of like... Yeah, going, this is good. This is okay. <laughs> it works. Um, you know, there's a family involved. They're not They're not going to change their story. They're not going to change now. I mean, that, they're set in their ways and that's it. The people, mm. other people who are involved, skeptics or otherwise they're always going to be sticking to their own story. Yeah. They're not suddenly going to go, okay, hang on, okay, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to confess now. You know, there's, that, that that doesn't happen. And, you know, we can either take it or leave it. It's up to us to decide. Yeah. What, but then, really, does it need to be decided? It's just a story about a haunted girl with a poltergeist in a house. Yeah. What can you do with that? <sighs> about a movie. Okay, I just watched the trailer. <laughs> and, um, okay, first of all, the, the, the name of the film is not just the Enfield... It's The Conjuring 2, The Enfield Poltergeist. So it's, it's a sequel. They made The Conjuring. What yeah. was The Conjuring about, the first film? It was about the, um, the doll. The doll, yeah, the possessed doll, possessed so. doll, yeah. It was the you know the the paranormal investigator went into Amityville. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, um, Elaine Warren. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Apparently, they have this doll that if you ever yeah. take it out, the case, you know, it's a possessed doll, and they have it yeah. in the little museum of antiquities. So. And the Conjuring did all right at the box office with that. I actually think the Conjuring is a re- it's a decent film. It's a decent well made. I think James Wan, I think, directed it. Yes, and it's a decent film. It's a good effort. You know, there's ideas in there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of not been done really that much. I mean, Haunted Dolls have been a, a kind of part and parcel of sequels in stupid films, but yeah. never actually been the uh, the, the idea of, of a film. The Conjuring and a doll fits together okay. Mm, yeah. Fine. So then they want to make a sequel, but they don't want to do their own thing. They don't want to kind of figure out, you know, how, how they can take the paranormal genre forward but what do they want to do instead they want to take the Enfield yeah right poltergeist yeah call but it, calling it the Enfield poltergeist but yeah right so Enfield is a, a part of London um, the the actual place where the, the this activity happened was like council estate council Stay. house so, so, so the what can conjure from the trailer is it's a mansion a derelict mansion in the in middle it, of a fucking field where they go in there and do a seance for some reason and someone gets possessed and all shit goes on and it's just all that handheld camera. Got nothing to do with the fucking Enfield Poltergeist case. There's nothing in there. No, There's nothing. Nothing. So... It's in a bit disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you're there because I was thinking, oh, do you know what? Andy, he must have seen this. I thought you'd seen it already. When I saw 2016 it was coming out, I thought there won't be a trailer yet so yeah. I'm not bother looking for it. I just thought the trailers were fake. It, what, is it, is that, that is real? That trailer, do you think? I don't... It seems so. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe... Ugh. 
<laughs> Let's start the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I need to find out because this is this is bothering me because if if these are clips taken from other films like The Haunting in Connecticut or because it looks like a film that has been done to death already. This house is the Amityville house. This house is just simply another haunted house. I don't. Uh, know, I think that might be yeah. a fake trailer. You know? Do you reckon? There's no comments on it. Oh, please let it be. I mean, the, the Conjuring Two. Because there's another Enfield. one here. This is a live investigation. That's not so live this because is... we're putting it out two weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> um. Right, okay, unknown. Um, plot summary, there's no plot summary on the uh, Internet Movie Database. The sequel is worth $300 million. That's the plow $300 million to make it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of um, stuff on the message boards on the Internet Movie Database saying that, uh, you know, well, this is a kind of a messed up, Messed up a whole true story. Um, still, a true story as the Enfield ghost story was a big thing in Britain being covered by newspapers. I don't see why you say it shoots a horse in the face. It's as real as the first film. And in fact, it is the account of what happened. Oh, you son of a gun. How dare you. Denfield Poltergeist was one of the most documented cases of poltergeist activity ever in the, and it's a fascinating story. But this is not what this trailer is about. Right. The Conjuring 2, The Enfield Poltergeist is an upcoming sequel to The Conjuring. Both Wilson and Farmiger, who portrayed Ed and Lorraine Warren in the original film, have been confirmed to reprise their role for this film. So it's not going to be <clears throat> Enfield. The Can film's be. release date has been pushed back to June the 10th, 2016 plot. Back in 1970s, the Warrens investigated claims of demonic possession from a pair of sisters in Enfield, England. Over the course of the investigation, the Warrens witnessed levitation, de- dematerialisation, and had conversation with the demon itself. I did not know. They, did, they had nothing to do. No. The Warrens had nothing to do no, with the because in America, in America, the Warrens are gold. They they are a part of the mythology now. They were in the haunting of Connecticut, The Conjuring. Right, um, the film was given an early release date of October twenty third, twenty fifteen. A close friend of the real Lorraine Warren, who discussed the upcoming film with her, described it as follows: the case file they are looking at in the late seventies centers on two sisters in Enfield, England, who were allegedly possessed. Warren said she personally saw them levitate and even saw one of the sisters dematerialize in front of her only to be found 20 minutes later stuffed into an oversized fuse box, contorted in such an unnatural way that they couldn't have replicated it if they tried. She also said that the demon spoke directly to her husband on many occasions. Warren cited this case as one of the most terrifying experiences of her career. Let's call it what it is, a blatant lie. Wow. Out of the documentaries we've watched in the Anfield Poltergeist, yes. the Warrens were never brought up yeah. at all, ever. ever go in there. They wouldn't have gone. It's rubbish. Enfield Poltergeist. There's someone who said to uh, to somebody called Patrick Wilson. There's actually a thing on the on the Enfield Poltergeist on Twitter. It says, you need to understand that the Conjuring Two Enfield Poltergeist will not be coming out in the UK without I'll say so. <laughs> okay, that's like a strong word. <clears throat> uh, currently fighting trademark infringement from New Line Cinema. 
that's uh, there's a whole thing a uh, demand that they're trying to uh, pr- that, yeah basically somebody who is obviously who gets what we're talking about yeah. um, if you there's a they've sent an email to New Line Cinema and they're trying to kind of say what the heck do you think you're doing um, so yeah they're, they're not happy um, they've got some photographs of letters that they've sent uh, to. Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to challenge it, and I think this is one of those t- moments in our podcast where uh, the historical values of of a, of a truly British institution such as the Enfield. Yeah, because obviously it was huge. It was in it was yes. it made front page headlines. The Enfield yeah. Poltergeist. There's no way they can get away with this. Call it the Enfield Poltergeist. It's just okay. Let's look at it at face value. There's nothing in the film about the Enfield Poltergeist. They're just using the name. Yeah. That's the only thing that is ringing true, is the name. Yeah, but the, the using the name to... Promote. Yeah, because it's uh, such a, a such a big, wildly reported case. This is going to be a blog. So they're going, Yeah, so they're, <laughs> so they're raping that name in order to further, just to make more money. This is the first podcast of outrage. Fuck me, that's disgusting. Uh, yeah. I saw the trailer last night and I thought, that's not Enfield. And I, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I thought, well, surely, surely that this is, you know, I didn't think about the possibility it was a fake. I just thought that surely this can't be the Enfield that we're thinking about. But it's, you know. It's not the Enfield we're thinking about and don't call me Shirley. And <laughs> yeah, that's quite disgusting. It really is. Yeah, I'd like. I'd like to know what. I mean, I'm. Why are we surprised? It's not like they've not done it before. No, have they? Have they done this before? What's the um, Annalise? What was her name? Oh yeah, the uh, Annalise. Um, the, 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 the. <laughs> yeah. Um, Annalise Michael. Yeah, they did that for. Um, it wasn't the exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Which couldn't have been further from the truth yeah so they faked a, an Emily Rose type character and just put the template of the An- An- Annalise story and put it on there yeah because I find the Annalise Michael story truly disturbing yeah especially when you see that picture of her in school she's so pretty such Did, a pretty looks like a, such a pretty happy girl yeah and all of a sudden there's this mess of a mess of a of a, of a thing that barely remember, resembles a girl no Right, when she was 16, she experienced epileptic seizures. Yes. And was diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy. So she was given drugs to help with it. Now, bear in mind, this was, what, in the 70s again? Yeah. Was it it post... um, Was it 73, 76 when she died. Okay, so how long had it been going on for? I mean, it seemed like she was quite a mess. Oh, yeah. I mean... That's years of, of... Well, what we know now about psychi- psychiatric disorders is... Yeah. You know, you can have... I, I know someone who um, is schizophrenic and claims to have written Mr. Tambourine Man. You know what I mean? And I mean, so... <laughs> But what's disgusting about this case is um, she appears to have been just treated barbarically. 
where um, the priests did an exorcism on her. Like, basically, the drugs didn't work, did they? And she started to get worse, and she was violent. And um, she was, like, dis- disfiguring herself. She um, And then started to speak in tongues, and, like, mm, which I think is disturbing. It's really The thing really is, do you, do you know what's really, really strange? And, and, and Do you know what it made me think of? The gurglings and the the mumblings of a baby. Mm. But then put it to kind of a language. And then someone who's in pain, screaming it. (laughs) Often you probably mention that because... There's primitive... There's there's something primitive about it. Yeah, the person... It's not the schizophrenic person. I know a person who struggles a little bit. And... um, when he's talking incessantly about random things and it, you know it reminds me of my daughter who's yes. six but you who can sing a song for four hours straight the same song over and over again you take that and put it into the, the body of a 26 year old all of a sudden it becomes this weird well, thing look, but... look at dementia I mean what does dementia do it makes all, people who are in their senior years think that their mother needs to pick them up from school yeah there's, it's, it, that's a, that's a mental condition that is true and it's, is, is present and it's heartbreaking, because you know you've got people who, who have lived a life already, have done amazing things, and all of a sudden they're back to square one again, being, being like a child. It's, yeah. It's, it's bizarre. So you've got this poor girl yeah. who, thank God that the, the, the priests, who did it, they got charged with a negligent homicide. She was. She was dehydrated, malnutrition had set in. Yeah. yeah, no, no wonder her skin was fading away and stuff because she wasn't being fed. She was. They were trying to seize the demon, and and then they're thinking that the only way they can do that is by destroying the the flesh, <laughs> the body. They they uh, they put no value on her whatsoever as a person, as a human being. They were all about the demon. Yeah, and then they killed her. And then Hollywood goes, ah, what a nice way to make some money. Let's make a film up. Which actually is quite scary in my world. It is, but then, you know, it's, um, yeah, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I'm so glad we don't have any relatives with that name. Oh, hang on. (laughs) Oh, God. We do. Sorry, Emily. Um, so yeah, it, it's this this kind of thing that that does wind you. I mean, and it's not about being pompous and British either. This is this is about just it's a, it's a principle. The Enfield Poltergeist is a specific story. Yeah, and so it was it's it's Alice like Michaels. It's like Into the Woods <coughs> stealing all these other fables and putting it into one big fable and saying this is now American. This is American. Yeah, and yeah. and I, I know it sounds like I'm not I'm not being anti-American. I'm not being anti-anything. I'm just kind of mean. Either way, it doesn't matter which way. I mean, if we steal from you, you steal from us, or if anybody steals from anybody, it's still a theft. It's still, but it's it's not stealing. It's actually just twisting it and disowning it and creating something out of it that is just completely unrecognizable. Yeah, I suppose the thing you've got with. The exorcism of Emily Rose is she they called her Emily Rose, so it's loosely based on yeah. some of that actually happened. Somebody else, but to call the Conjuring the Enfield Poltergeist, and then they have nothing really to do with the Enfield Poltergeist. Yeah, they might as well just call it the Conjuring, the Loch Ness monster, and just have a kid wading in a pool going, "I'm going to die." 
Yeah, well, it seems like this film is so far removed from yeah. the actual Enfield Poltergeist case. They could have called it The Conjuring 2 Beverly Hills Cop 4 <laughs> and then just make it about possession. Well, they, could, they could have called it Alan DeVille, you know, and it would have been closer to the truth. It would have been. It would have been. Um, but no, no this, is, this is, yeah, I, I, I'm, yeah, this is quite a passionate plea to New Line Cinema. Don't. <clears throat> just don't. But they will. They'll but make money will. out of it. Because Disney owns New Line Cinema, don't they? They do. Do they? They don't they own everything. I think. Along with our souls. Well, <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get on our high horse too much. I mean, there's there's uh, there's time enough for the conjuring to be ripped apart, um, which we will when it comes out. I, fe- I think we'll year. just yeah. keep on saying, look, look, this is Enf- this is the Enfield Poltergeist. Or if you release, what it, is it you're making? Yeah, well, if you release it in cinema called the Enfield Poltergeist, but when it's released here, call it something different. Yeah, do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Just call it the Conjuring Two. Yeah, you don't need to actually have anything else yeah. at the end there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just... But from what it looks like, if you actually just look at the trailer, forget the title, forget what we're thinking about it, The Conjuring to the trailer, what is in that trailer that says anything new or fresh about the genre of haunted house horror? Nothing. In fact, every image, if that is actually the trailer to it... It is, yeah. Every image in that is cliched. Yeah, it's just Have ripped. you got the handheld night vision camera? Yeah, just, just for about a millisecond. Yeah, you've got the possessed woman. You've seen that a million times now. It's just, yeah, it's just too much, isn't it? The and one film that really did that, that uh, did that justice, and we've touched upon in previous podcasts, is Urban Ghost Story. Yeah, and that was a low-budget film, a guerrilla filmmaker, yeah. John, uh, Chris Jones, and um, his wife, girlfriend, wife. And yeah, it, it's, it's perfect film it's it not available on dvd uh well i know i think it is available on dvd yeah, I think we need is. to get that we need to get the chris jones stuff white angel white angel is pretty much a film about it's almost like the fred west murders that one that's pretty freaky was it? hannibal hannibal slash but the uh, billy boyd was in it he was a he, he was a hobbit <clears throat> great yeah but Urban Ghost Story, I, I actually have a postcard as well. I had the video, but I I left the country and somebody sold all my stuff to a travelling troupe. Oh, that's, I had that I had that film. It wasn't that cover, but I had the film. Yeah. And it's such an amazing coincidence that we've both seen a film that nobody's watched. You, t- you ask me, ask anybody if they've seen Urban Ghost Story by Chris Jones, and they're like, um, no. And it's because it's sort of I think they loosely based some of the activity in that film on the Enfield Poltergeist. Possibly yes, because with the, the, yeah. with the cabinet moving and things like that, you can buy it for one pound seventy seven off eBay. Oh, go 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 go! I'm going to buy it on a podcast. We're doing it right now. We're doing it. This is exciting. This is exciting. <laughs> we're, we're doing everything that we shouldn't be doing on a podcast: stopping and starting, um, <laughs> eating. <laughs> But um, yeah, we're just having fun. We own our podcast. We, you know. yeah, this is our thing. You, if you don't get like your it. own podcast. £1.77. Yeah. <laughs> £1.77. That that's a steal. Setting up purchase. It's exciting. Pay now. Yes. He's paying. Oh my gosh. Here we go. Here we go. He's paying. He's paying. It's happening. Let me pay. Why don't you let me pay? Oh no! Oh no! It's always at the eleventh hour. It's just like the tension. Please log into your PayPal account. Can, can I just ask a question while you're doing this? Yeah. 
what would Merkel Bay do if he oh, was no. ordering this on, uh, on eBay? If he was ordering a, a DVD on eBay? Well, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> you have requested an outdated version of PayPal. This error often results from the use of bookmarks. I would actually be happier if Michael Bay had the original Enfield story mm-hmm. rather than having The Conjuring 2. Would you? I would be happy with his attempt. Because I know I, it wouldn't. Be, <laughs> it would be better than that, right? It'll be it'll be unique. It'll be <laughs> uniquely explosive. Because <laughs> I, I, I think um, it if Michael Bay did the Enfield Poltergeist, it'd be more like the Entity. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> yeah, I, I can't get you up with Megan Fox. Yeah, Megan Fox will be in there. She'll be having sex. She'll while... be enjoying it a lot more than the actual Entity woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll be. It won't be a rape, though, yeah. It'll be she's falling in love with this ghost. The ghost will be Mark Wahlberg. And, and, and they'll be doing it at high speed on planes and anything that moves. Not in a house. It'll be on, 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 on vehicles. Yeah, moving. yeah. The, the Enfield Poltergeist that take over a car and you have to have a car chased while the ghost the, is driving a car behind us. The car will be a Ford Enfield. <laughs> It'll be a Ford Enfield, yeah. yeah that'll, that'll be the, the vehicle that, that the whole story will be yeah. set on. <laughs> but actually, yeah, the Enfield okay, Poltergeist yeah, yeah. inspired a unique TV event in Britain. It did, yes. Oh, Ghostwatch. Ghostwatch. And if you um, if you're able to, <laughs> if you've heard of YouTube, <laughs> then you can actually watch the whole thing. It's called Ghostwatch. It's by the BBC, and it is a it's a, a fake document. No, it's it's a drama. It's a drama. Yeah. Um, a dramatization of a, of a documentary um, that has very similar. St- in fact, that is a perfect Conjuring Two right there. If they'd have done that, if, yeah, exactly. They don't have to do Conjuring Two, the Enfield Polti Ice, because it's been done. Yeah, for British watch. TV, for British TV. And this is a this is a, um, a drama that was put out in 1992. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like how they've advertised over yeah. Ghost Story. Very good DVD. <laughs> I'm sold. I want that. I want a very good DVD. Yeah, What's it? Pay for it. Put that on my poster for <laughs> for uh, stand up. Very good DVD. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Ghostwatch was 1992. They're calling it a TV movie, um, which is interesting. It's um. It's got um. Michael Parkinson. Michael Parkinson in America would be um. um Charlie Charlie Rose. Perhaps I would imagine yeah. if Michael Parkinson went to America, he'd still be the same person, though. <laughs> like Pierce Morgan, Pierce yeah, Morgan it's... kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but not. But you don't want to kill him. Well, yeah, I, I do Park... actually because uh, you know he's a very, very like. Uh, oh, Parkinson's an actual treasure. He's he, a great guy. I have issues with with with, with Sun Life. <laughs> That's the only thing. I oh, have issues wow. with. I'm with you on that. But... Every single week, I get a Sun Life brochure, and it's uh, basically once you hit the age of fifty, you can take out a life policy, a life insurance. I'm thirty freaking four, and I've been receiving this mail for about ten, fifteen years. Yeah, trees are dying quicker than I am. So that's ridiculous. But anyway, he's the host. He's kind of like the uh, the. Um, what would you call it? The reliable relator, <laughs> reliable narrator. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, he's just right. It's a, it's a mock TV show where they're allegedly 
going into a haunted house and the, the yeah they're going to film and see if anything happens and it's very uh, real time realistic it was all live in, in one night yeah it was all live yeah and um what i'm not sure people knew at the time when it first aired that it was it was completely faked it is funny done yes. really well it, it, it was done really well from that but for the time for of the it was definitely of the time I and mean, if you watch it now you can t- tell that it's you know you've seen be- yeah, but, you've seen better dramatizations yeah but hindsight is 2020 oh, if you yeah. watch it for the first time now you still be thinking oh god they're going into a haunted house this will be interesting and oh shit kicked I'll off show like that. I'll show it to Aspen and I won't tell him I'll, uh, no don't tell him yeah I'll I'll I'll, I'll test that out when he's yeah. born um, tell him he's adopted too <laughs> and if he doesn't do the right thing you send him back to Syria. <laughs> The programme you're about to watch is a unique live investigation of the supernatural. It contains material which some viewers may find to be disturbing. No creaking gates, no gothic towers, no shutter windows. Yet for the past ten months, this house has been the focus of an astonishing barrage of supernatural activity. What you're about to watch was was, uh, made for TV. And I just thought it was the most exciting and sensational idea. I, none of us had the slightest premonition of what was going to happen. And she told me the idea of it being sort of kind of war of the worldsy. I mean, I, I remember being terrified when this bloody great big red blodge appeared in the studio. Now, the whole reaction from within the BBC, particularly the press department, will be different. They would be dancing with joy. And I'll bet you there are people who are out there writing and directing stuff now as a direct consequence of that show. As the director, when the boat leaves the harbour, you know, you just think, is it going to float? And that's all you want to know is, is you know, is, is it going to float? Is someone going to see it? So Michael Parkinson is an in-studio um, host, and he kind of like he kind of connects with the outside broadcast, which is set at this house. And the casting genius was Parky, is such a trusted guy at the time. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, like I say, he was a national treasure. He interviews the big guys, the big names. So for him to be doing this, yeah, yeah, he trusted it, it. You know, exactly. And he, and I think he he knew what it, that he was just have, having to have fun with this. Yeah. And and out of out of all of them, he did put on the best uh, version of himself. Yeah, he did. He was able to be act himself yeah, yeah. very well. Um, but in the house, you had um, famous people such as um, um, uh, Mike Smith. It was a DJ. He used to be a DJ in the 80s. Okay. Um, he's married to Sarah Green. He was married to Sarah oh, Green. Oh, I know you mean, yeah. yeah okay. Sarah Green is the... Um, she used to be a um, children's television presenter. So she kind of like pulls in that sense of, of innocence and... Um, she has that, you know, quality that you know you can relate to, you feel yeah. safe with, and then you got Craig Charles. Craig Charles, who, there. if you watch um, Red Dwarf, and, and I know it's one of those things that in it, that they have all around the world now. I mean, everybody knows. Red so they should. Red Dwarf is fantastic. Uh, Craig Charles is the crazy Bindaloo eating scumbag with dreadlocks who uh, everybody loves, and he's kind of like the, uh, the 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 light entertainment value. Well, he plays it really well because he, he wasn't taking it seriously, was he? No. 
until ooh, spooky yeah, things kick off, you know. Yeah, and and the idea is is that they're they're visiting one family for one Halloween special night, and this family have been terrorized by a poltergeist, um, and ghost activity from which that uh, emanates from underneath the stairs, and has kind of like messed up, messed the rooms up, things have exploded, you know, you name it, the typical kind of house. Yeah, yeah. and it, anything that you see in the Enfield um, poltergeist is pretty much what you will see in Ghost Watch. Yeah. Um, that they kind of keep it light to begin with. It's like there's apple bobbing and it's Halloween themed, and the mother kind of cries. That's <laughs> normal for Halloween. I mean, yeah. but she, she's she's a good actress, but you can still tell that that she's an actress. The two girls were actually sisters. Oh, were they? Right? Yeah, and because it's interesting to say yeah. it was actually released on Halloween, wasn't it? Exactly, yeah. that was it. It was all so, live. It wasn't live. It's just, oh, it was pre-recorded. It was pre-recorded. But yeah. it was—it gave the impression, impression of life, of life yeah. because you were still able. They still had the phone number at the bottom of the screen that you could call in, and they actually had fake uh, call-ins from people who, um, when things did start to kick off, they themselves were experiencing activity in their house, yeah. and someone's um, glass table shattered, and they were terrified. And it, it, and those kind of elements, those unseen elements, were quite frightening at the time I mean it was it was one thing that you kind of feel insulted because you because you find out it was fake but at the time it really did scare it did up to a point when things started happening in the studio and all hell's breaking loose there yeah. then you start thinking alright okay yeah it was only when Michael Parkinson started to get possessed <laughs> and the studio started to have things spinning around and then he started to go Round and round, round the garden, and round the garden, like a teddy like bear. A teddy bear. Oh. oh, 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 and that was it. Yeah, and uh, and then he came. <laughs> <laughs> All over Sarah again. <laughs> but do you know what? I, I I was watching it last night because I just had to. I just had to. I'm watching it in silence because Catherine was in here with Aspen and I thought looking at Sarah Green she was quite an attractive woman she was yeah even though when I was a kid I didn't feel it because I you know because she was an older woman so it would have been wrong <laughs> when did that stop any members of the BBC <laughs> so yeah I mean it, it was a it was a fun value for money entertainment program that um, rustled up <laughs> the word Russell keeps to keep coming yeah. to Russell Lopes another good comedian <laughs> a lot of controversy and people rang in to um, complain, to, uh, yeah. complain because they, they weren't told that it was a drama even though the Radio Times clearly says um, uh, this one off drama it even has a cast list of, of you know people well, you know presenter was playing himself and then the actual people in the house were actually yeah well it says here that um they received 30,000 calls in a single hour. Yeah, of complaint. Because, That's you know. amazing. And Anne Robinson, if you know Anne Robinson from The Weakest Link, she used to have a, a popular program that was a kind of a, um, a community consumer program where people were able to complain about television. You know, British people like to complain a lot. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, so, you know, I'm. I'm I'm all up for it, but you know, if you can play a few of those letters that that came into points of view yeah. uh, of of complaint, they're hilarious. They are brilliant. So uh, let's let's hear a couple of those now.
and good evening. And not since Paul Daniels looked as if he'd breathed his last in a seal vault, apparently crushed to death six Halloweens ago, terribly sad, has there been such a fuss. Ghostwatch. My 11-year-old son was left shaking and physically sick after 10 minutes. Prior warning should have been given, so we had some idea of what was to come. And? The BBC should be locked up for such a prank. I guessed halfway through it was a hoax, but people do live in haunted houses. They're frightened enough without being ridiculed by Michael Parkinson. Or? I have a helpline for people in distress, and I received over 300 calls. In fact, I thought Ghostwatch was brilliant. But it was introduced as a drama, and many of the people I helped did not understand that drama means fiction. And thanks to Joe Soton of Staffordshire, for that call because it is, you could say, at the heart of the matter. Anyway, for those who are busy out tricking and treating or listening to Radio 3, Ghostwatch was advertised in the Radio Times, TV Times, etc. as... A Screen 1 special drama for Halloween by Stephen Volk, starring Michael Parkinson, Sarah Green... Etc, etc. Followed by a brief resume which ended... BBC TV turns the camera on ghoulies, ghosties and things that go bump in the night. And then there was a cast list like this... Not everybody, or even nearly everybody, of course, gets a Radio Times or TV Times. Ghostwatch kicked off at 9.25 with Screen 1 credits and then switched to Michael Parkinson in a studio with Dr... Well, specifically... Dr Lynn Pascoe, played by Gillian Bevan. And Mike Smith, who played himself. Here's Parky setting the scene with Sarah Green, also playing herself, and the early family. They, incidentally, played by... Brid Brennan, Michelle Wesson and Cherise Wesson. And who were billed as living in a haunted house in Fox Hill Drive, North Holt, where at this particular point, well, not a lot is happening. While we, we search for that uh, piece of tape, uh, let's find out what Sarah's up to. Sarah, did you hear that? Somebody thinks they've seen a presence in the house. Today? Yeah, you've not noticed anything this evening, have you? No, nothing to report from here yet, except how absolutely useless I am at apple bobbing. Well, it doesn't look much like a screen one, but hardly the sort of stuff to frighten the cat. And it ambled on in this vein for the first 40-odd minutes until things did start to happen. Here's Sarah again and Suzanne early, now sounding completely different. I don't know what's going on. Can you hear this? Smithy? Michael? Dr Pascoe? There are, there are incredible noises coming from the walls and from the ceiling. Susie. Stop it! Stop it, Susie! And hand up those who thought Sarah Green was acting. No, never mind that question. Did it look convincing? OK, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Ghostwatch totally fooled me and scared me half to death. I've never been so terrified in my whole life. Says Linda Beach of Liverpool and... Absolutely brilliant. Says Richard Stewart of Brentwood. My wife and I sat riveted to our seat, believing it was all truly happening. I'm so pleased we didn't spoil the illusion in advance by looking in the Radio Times and realising it was a spoof. Or, if you prefer, MP Parker of Dorset. An arrogant and clumsy dissection of the paranormal. Prejudice for the trivial purpose of providing family entertainment. A sick joke. And for the record, there were on the night a total of 835 calls to the duty office. 382 viewers rang to say it was an insult to their intelligence. 275 thought it in poor taste. Another 62 just had a general moan. And 116 rang to say they thoroughly enjoyed it. No one congratulated Sarah Green on her acting, but perhaps they were too busy worrying if she'd gone missing forever in the cupboard under the stairs. That's it, exactly. Yeah. yeah and they put the nail on the donkey. <laughs> they pin the tail on the donkey right yeah. there. <laughs> Cruelty to donkey. <laughs> the um, the fact that it was actually a drama and everybody took it seriously um, is because uh, when when you're when you're a filmmaker or if you're a person who kind of follows television and film, when you see the word drama, you know it's fiction. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 
but if you are somebody at home who is a layman who just gets the radio times and says oh this is Ghostwatch it's a you know it, if seems, it's, it seems live to me if you were as un- uneducated as yes. the people in Enfield Poltergeist case yeah yeah <laughs> full circle my friends yeah boom <laughs> exactly and obviously you know Mr. you know the whole nation was just in uproar and uh, the rest of us were just sitting there going oh I like how that woman said that the BBC should be locked up like the entire (laughs) industry yes just get them all and David Attenborough as well you know stop making those animal programs just lock him up sick of whales you know know, poor Philip Schofield gets released like last year and he's like this this white head uh, thin scrawny looking oh Mm. kind of is um, so. like, like Paul McCartney he, he Schofield died and he's been replaced by a, an imposter yeah because there was a moment wasn't there when he was died and no, his hair, hair was dyed yeah that was it and, and then no longer but because somebody accidentally let it slip that Philip Schofield died they had to finish the sentence his hair and yeah. that was that was how they covered it up yeah this yeah, is, yeah. Conspiracy. Oh, I love that. BBC idea. covering things up. I tell you what. No, it's they wouldn't just, do that, would they? It's all new. Yeah. So there we have it, folks. So yeah. I mean, uh, three, three um, interesting cases. Uh, one being a drama, and two being. Oh, maybe we didn't even talk about Ghosts of the Underground. It's boring anyway. <laughs> I sent you a text message saying I actually remember it being a lot more interesting. Yeah, I started watching it. And a it was lot. Just like, yeah, more interesting. And the people, people saying, "Well, I was on a train, and then I saw a, I took a photograph. I didn't think anything of it at the time, but when I got the photograph developed, there was a picture of a man in an electric chair, and it's like, yeah, and it looked just like this, this the Madame Tussauds uh, electric chair picture. Um, yeah, um, yeah, and I'm like, could it be a poster? Could it be a double exposure? Did you actually go to the wax museum? Did somebody? With the camera, have a, yeah. uh, a double exposure. I mean, come on, it's, like, it's a bit spooky, don't you think? Let's yeah. end then. Yeah, we have. What do you think of ghosts? Are you on board with it? Are you on the fence? It's a good question. Do you think there are such things as ghosts? I'm on the fence. I mean, I'd like to think. I mean, it's a, there's a comfort, right, about knowing that uh, there's things out there. I mean, people kind of argue about the idea that if if people turn to ghosts then there would be ghosts everywhere yeah and I'm thinking well that's not necessarily true it could just be the energy is uh, I think that there's something to do with energy I, I know that, that much and I think that maybe that if, if they all were appeal- appearing then, then there must be some sort of a source of energy that's pulling them to become seen yeah because there's theories like stone tape theory where um, the actual fabric of buildings record time yeah so maybe in a hundred years from now there's yes. someone else living in this house and all of a sudden they just see us two doing a podcast and then we're gone and think oh god we're haunted you're not haunted no. it's just a replay of an event that just happens to be yeah. recording the, the fabric of a building I kind of had this uh, this idea of sh- the, the shamanism thing uh, yeah. that, that the, the possibility that objects have memory yeah. and that the most severe um, disruption to a memory of, of, a, of an object be it a slam against the wall um, violent acts uh, I mean people seem to, re- uh, to think that they see ghosts who experience violent things to them well 
If 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 say say this um, cup for this Leonard Nimoy can't cup. Can't use that. I can't use that. This this uh, so this book here. Okay, this book. Leonard <laughs> <laughs> Nimoy again. Nimoy again. I've got more books on Leonard Nimoy. Okay. Oh, you know what? This is perfect. Here we go. I've got a novel, The Poltergeist, in my hand. Oh right. Okay. Yes, yes, he <laughs> okay. Has. I do, and uh, I'll take a picture and I'll prove it. Um, God, that smells gorgeous. That's me. Or me. Um, <laughs> right, hold I'm, it up. I'm sniffing the book. Okay. That, that. There you go. Okay, that's proof that uh, I'm holding. But right, imagine this book has memory. Yeah. Okay. Um, if if I'm going to die in a horrific way, in relation to this book, I would be my body would be falling on it and slam against it. Right. right imagine that. Imagine that impact. Yeah. Bang. That book has never had anything like that in its in its existence as matter. That book has never experienced that kind of an impact before. Okay. So therefore, it's going to be imprinted on its memory. That that the molecules have kind of like just rebound, yeah, 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 bounced, okay, yeah, yeah. and yeah. So my idea is is that you know this book at any time of of there being an impact or something that resonates with that feeling that that book just experienced mm. could easily just suddenly manifest this energy that brings a vision of me collapsing to the floor yeah or slamming the book against somebody's head or yeah. whatever the object that I think that that people see things maybe because of a high impact mm. energy that mm. there's some, some sort of release of an energy and then it, when it's I remember reading a story of yeah. a woman walking down the street and seeing a man dressed in like World War army you know yeah. regalia sort of thing yeah. and kissing this girl and just in an embrace and as she walked up to him they just disappeared yeah. Now that could have been him going to war, and that's the last time they ever saw each other. And such an emotional moment, emotions, yeah, emotions, yeah, have just manifest manifested itself. Yeah, I mean, and that could have come from her as much as it came from that mm. that memory. I mean, if they were pressed against the wall, would that wall have that memory? Would there would, would it, can can objects absorb emotions? Has that ever been looked at as a thing? Who knows? There's also, um, yeah. if we talk about like different dimensions, mm. uh, we vibrate at a certain frequency. That's yeah. how I can see you because you're vibrating and I'm vibrating and everything's vibrating. So, what if another frequency vibrates at a, a higher? Yeah. And that, so there's an entire other life living right next to us, but we can't see it because it's, it's on a higher it's vibration. vibration yeah. But when we're scared, perhaps we vibrate a little bit quicker. And at times when we're scared, and somehow you can sometimes tap into it, and you see things Genius, going yeah. into another dimension. That's it, yeah. I mean, that that's that was a theory I always had when I was doing the ghost stuff. Yeah, exactly. So there's kind of like different things, and it's all I think it's all to do with energy. Yeah. I don't think it's anything to do with with luck, or sci- I don't think science can bring anything to it unless they're really I working on. I don't think it's got anything to do with dead people coming back. No, it's not dead. I don't people. think that. I, no, you know. Like we were talking about Amitable. Yeah. If anything ever did happen in there, I mean, someone violently shooting his entire family, that'd create some serious energy. Yeah, absolutely. So why not things happen yeah. because of that? It's just, just yeah. we're just looking at it from a different perspective. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's purely because the, the human, human energy is specific, like mm. DNA. Yeah, yeah. That 
we we can create in our minds anything. Uh, I mean, if we can, if if you can remember the smell from childhood, why can't you visualize a, a person, a complete person, through an energy frequency? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's 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 powerful stuff, and we just haven't we haven't even tapped it. We don't even know. No. And there's a there's pareidolia as well, and that's yeah, where that, your brain only takes so much. Like your eyes take in say thirty, forty percent, and then your brain says, "This is what it is." Yes, and makes yeah. it up for you. So you walk into a room. It happened to me once, yeah. at Sheffield Fire and Police Museum. I walked into a room <laughs> and I saw about a seven foot tall guy. Wearing like a poncho, like Bruce Willis did in um, Unbreakable. Right, yeah. I, his eyes looked right at me, and I walked. The room was dark; it was only lit up by the viewfinder of the camcorder. Yeah. And yeah. I looked at him, and he looked at me, and I pin shit myself, and I ran out. Yeah, yeah. A few minutes later, I gathered myself up and walked in. This time, I switched the light on, and then all it was was a wardrobe that had a suitcase on top of it. Yeah. So the wardrobe was like a ca- it was a canvas wardrobe, yeah. and the suitcase conceivably in the dark look like two eyes and a mouth and my brain I walked in I saw that filled in the rest yeah my brain says this is what it is it's a man because that's what your brain expects to see it thinks the most rational thing it would be is a person there he is and that's what you see is it but that's not what was there yeah it's that simple but that might be in some cases and then when we talk about poltergeist activity that could actually be coming from a person yes manifesting that we don't know what we can do with our brains yet yeah and and I, I just don't think that researchers uh, these days I mean there, there's there seems to be no focus they, they kind of they obsess about having uh, things that they can hold and then they record stuff they listen to it and they think oh wow did you hear that let's yeah. not act on this let's just store it on the computer let everybody hear it and then just go somewhere else uh, they don't seem to have a clue about how to how to actually the, the words investigation, the words research. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of become a jumble of of horseshit that has no meaning anymore. What used to make me laugh? I'm not naming any yeah. TV shows, but I'm most haunted. <laughs> no, like say they'll be like, is there anybody there? You know, make two knocks if you're there. Oh my god, geez, that was two knocks, there's two knocks, oh my god. If I was a ghost, I'd just I'm like, you're trying to get a conversation going with yeah. me, and then every time I try and talk back to you, you're freaking out. Fuck off, I'm not going to talk to you. Exactly, yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's odd that that for, for generations people have been watching this stuff, and they, they kind of think that they're watching something that that is a, a part of, of a. Of a of I don't know. Do, they, do people watch these shows and think this is this is what they're doing? This is the research into ghosts. This is what people are people are out there. I'm so glad they're out there. Look, trying to figure out if ghosts exist. Yeah. I'm so happy that, that that there's so many people out there doing it. But they're not. Nobody's doing anything. Nobody. No, <laughs> they're not. You. It's an entertainment program. That's yeah. what they are. They're, they're, they're there to entertain you. They're not there to seriously prove or disprove the existence of ghosts yes, there to just say oh look I, like if I was a ghost I wouldn't throw things at people you know what I mean I wouldn't throw stones at people Un- unless it was a, a, an accidental re- uh, a ricochet of something else well yeah but someone's like talking oh, yeah. to me the way I'm going to the way I'm going to tell you that I'm present yeah. in this room is I'm going to throw a stone at your face yeah, it's not. It's not, not what, no. what happens between life and death that makes you turn into a dickhead. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
It makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, it depends on where you're actually investigating, but, you know, but that's, uh, you know, that's another thing. I mean, I mean, it seems as though that the, the, the behaviour and the nature of ghosts is the same no matter where you go, if it's a schoolroom, a prison, or, or a, an actual place, or a hospital, or whatever. Yeah. It seems as though they all seem out like dickheads, like you say. Yeah. But one thing before we end that we didn't discuss when we talked about the Amitable case. Yeah. The picture of that boy. Yeah. Oh, that was the, um, yeah, that, that picture. Yeah. What's your, what's your takes on that? Because they had a, a, several cameras, didn't they, all around the house. And that one was just taking pictures. On like what every few minutes? It's spooky because you can't. I mean, pareidolia is supposed to happen in the moment in the eye of the, of the holder. It's not like something that a camera can make. But yeah, it is. And that does look like a boy looking on the phone at the camera. It, that 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 picture unnerves me. Actually, makes me yeah. feel. Same with me. Yeah, and out of all of them, because it can't be explained. It's not something that. Uh, um, yeah. But to me, I, in a way, I don't want, I don't want things to, because there's so many people out there faking it. You yeah. almost don't want to even say that any photograph is worth worth looking at because you just can't tell anymore. Mm. But that is of the time, it's of the moment, it's it's freaky as hell. Yeah. Um, yeah. Out of, out of all of them, it's probably the most compelling. Yeah. Definitely. I think that's the best picture of. As an alleged haunting I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it just stirs. I, mean, I, I think, especially now that I've got a little boy. Oh, yeah. You know, I think that, you know, when I see that, all of a sudden I just have this emotional response. I had to look away. It's weird. Well, from, that's it. It's going to take us forever to finish this, but. We're going to do it. But going into my, my personal life, because I've been. I watched the documentary about the Enfield Poltergeist. Yeah. So I'm heightened now. And then I'd looked into that Annalise girl, which just yeah. disturbed me because of what they did to a poor little girl. You got the German. The cl- yeah, the German. Clearly has some serious issues. Yeah. I don't think she was possessed. I think it is a mental illness. It's a state of mind. You yeah, know? and they were just... But just River has um, this bookcase and has these two drawers in it. Okay. And they're always open. Always. I'll shut them. I'll go out the room. River might have been in there playing and she did, it's, it's something River would do to keep opening them to wind me up. But last night, I, um, it's truth, I wasn't going to talk about it, but I am doing that, is I went into the bedroom to put her to bed and the drawers were open so I shut them and I went, she's in bed, we read a book and then as I was walking out, I was walking, you have to go round the bed and it's right next to me and the drawers were open again and I just thought, oh, River could have opened them when I weren't looking. But because I've been looking at all this shit, <laughs> I was thinking, what if? So I just shut them again, and they weren't open this morning. But when I, I give River a kiss and a hug, and I was just about to leave, and she keeps opening her door all the time. And I'm, I'm trying to tell her, you know, don't stop opening her because we could be watching like a horror film downstairs. I don't want to hear any of that. And she didn't, but I was expecting her to say, because she said, well, when I look at the door, Dad, and I thought she was going to say, it just keeps opening. She didn't say that, though. She just said, she likes to have the door open so she can look outside, she can look at the landing and the and the stair, staircase. 
which to me is weirder because if you're going to see a ghost you'd see it go past the landing or something that's not the way River thinks she's six but that's the way yeah. I think as a 36 year old yeah who's conditioned by everything that's, yeah. yeah but because of this this draw issue they keep opening and that I just expected her to say the door just keeps opening dad and I just then expected to say well you're going to be living in your bedroom with mum and dad for <laughs> until you're 20 but didn't happen it's odd isn't it yeah I mean, it is uh, Would I be even thinking that if I hadn't been doing this for all you looking at all these haunted yeah, cases? I think I think it does influence. There is a, a lot of you know. It's like that feeling of looking at that picture. Then you know, if if it was a week ago, two weeks ago, I probably would have feeling a little bit more comf- comfortable about it. But looking at that picture makes you feel like I'm looking out that doorway now. Those banisters look like the banisters that are in the picture. True. Yeah. And it's like it's it, because it's it's so relevant and so specific. And it sort of gets you on a primal level. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it makes you feel weird. Yeah, and that's that's kind of how I've never never actually. This is one heck of a podcast, an emotional roller coaster ride. I know. We, we had dinner. That was nice. Yeah. The phone Fed keeps yours. on ringing. But uh, yeah, I mean the 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 the, the rage about conjuring. We kind of like had an emotional roller coaster ride already. Been through the ringer. We've been through, yeah. This yeah. is whew, what are we gonna do now? Get the phone. What's going on? I feel weird. Do you feel? Yeah. A little bit. Do you? There's a. I think there's an energy that we were playing off at the moment. I think we ought to just keep recording for a few more minutes, just yeah. in case. Is there anybody there? Yeah, well, we're recording. Imagine so. playing this back and then here and stuff. For, there's yeah. a reservoir on the other side of Manchester. The when it, the it, there's a village there. And it's really freaky when the it, it's, we've had a few warm days and the water's receded a little bit. You can see the steeple of a church coming out of the water. Scuba divers go down there and look through the village and stuff. That's crazy. Yeah, they moved. They basically removed the entire village so they could just flood it and use it as a reservoir. That was actually a story in the Vicar of Dibley, of all things. Really? <laughs> I hate to bring that up, but yeah, I mean, that was actually they wanted to flood Dib- Dibley. And they, they they had a little model and they just said that yeah and they had to protest and had Don French chained to railings. I remember being chained to a railing. That was the why. protest because of the flooding. But yeah, I mean, th- there is a weird feeling, and I, and I, and it's funny because when we start talking about all this kind of stuff, it does make me fascinated yeah. by it all again. But one thing at a time. Well, I think I think if if anything comes from this, if if anything is on this recording right now. Then, what if Bill has been with us? We've been talking about it. Bill's come down. It's Fred. Fred West. Oh, what him coming? Oh God, no, not him. No, no, no. No, the Fred was the other. It was Bill, and there was Fred as well. Oh right, I remember. Fred. Yeah, but uh, it just makes you feel weird. You get this sort of um, looking over your shoulder, looking over yeah. anxious kind of thing. Exactly. It's like when you do watch something. And it creeps you out. Yeah. And but then you start to kind of your eyes glaze a little bit, and things seem a little bit misty. That mistiness. I mean, that's that was my experience that I that I had mm. was when I was with my ex and we we're lying there and we we're just talking, and all of a sudden we just stopped talking because we kind of felt oppressed. We felt as though we couldn't talk, couldn't move, and all I remember is just because I was actually on my back, I remember just seeing this this fog just going over her. And then there's stopping and there's swooping into the chair for a moment mm-hmm. before just fading. And as soon as it faded completely, she burst into tears. I said, are you all right? She said, yeah, I 
just felt like something was just on top of me. It was pushing me down and it was really, really horrible. I don't know what it was. I just felt I felt as though I just couldn't move. I couldn't say anything to you. You you, you, you weren't going to listen to me. I was screaming inside and I couldn't say anything. And I just... And I said, well, she says, well, what did you see? And I said, nothing. So she goes, what did you see? I said, I don't know, just this, this dark mist was just moving across over over you and then swooping into the chair and then disappearing. She goes, why, why, why did we just have that why because we were, we were totally happy we just we just watched the, the black cauldron disney f film yeah. like that couldn't have had any subliminal messages that could yeah. have disturbed <laughs> our minds could it but we were just happy and then we we're just chatting and then it, the chatting just stopped silence crying mm. and it was a very odd thing and i don't know why i think there was obviously some sort of a weird energy like this now this kind of feeling of yeah you know you don't understand why the the lighting in the room is a bit weird yeah and you just kind of feel a little bit odd well it's because the lighting in the room isn't weird it's a state of mind we're now in yeah starting to think things up. my friend alan your you shirt's didn't... very populated with movement yeah <laughs> that's, that's just because it's you know... shirt i could find <laughs> it's just a shirt yeah but um we met alan when we up and he said, you're into this ghost stuff, aren't you? I'm like, at the time, I was doing the, the evenings, you know, going out in the allegedly haunted places and stuff. And he said, something weird happened last night. Can I tell you about it and get your feeling of it? Yeah, of course, yeah. So, he got woke up where his stepson had gone in bed with him. And um, he said he can't sleep when he's in bed with him because he just sleeps in weird angles and he's poking him in the ribs. So he got out of bed. He said he went downstairs, got a drink, and went into his stepson's bedroom and got into his bed. He said the moon was sort of shining through, which he'd noticed. And he was just lying on his side. And he just turned over. And there was a boy stood next to the wardrobe. But if you know when a footballer wins a goal and he sort of pulls the T-shirt over his head yeah. from the front, over his head, he was like stood there with the T-shirt pulled over so you could see his belly and the, the front of the T-shirt had been pulled up over his head. But his hands were to his side and just stood there. And he thought it was his son, his stepson, Joe. So he's like, Joe, you all right, mate? Joe, you okay? Didn't say anything back, just stood there. He's like, Joe. So he got out of bed and went towards him. As he went towards him, he started going backwards, um, Joe, this boy. And But he said he wasn't moving. So when he looked at his feet, he said his feet were flat to the floor, but we were just gliding backwards. And he just went through a wall. Messed up, innit? Yeah, you don't just make this kind of stuff no, well, up. The Alan, whole T-shirt over the head thing. Yeah, never but, heard that before. Well, Alan's an, yeah. an atheist. He doesn't believe in anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he rung me up. He was freaked out by it. Yeah. And he said, "I don't believe in ghosts," but I don't know what that was. I saw it, I mean, I, and I'm saying That's you it. may have fallen asleep and just thought you'd seen it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It happens all the time to people. But yeah, That's weird. I mean, as a as a young parent, we're constantly thinking that uh, that Aspen is between us sleeping. Yeah. Because that, that panic dream of, of smothering and everything, that's just one of these things. You come to, you're looking over and he's in his, in his cot. You know, he's just in there. It's not yeah. a problem. But you're constantly thinking that he's, he's where he shouldn't be. You know? And, that's, and, and sometimes it's just that emotional state that just kind of brings these feelings and emotions. But mm. what we experienced was just odd. It was just odd, and we both kind of had a shared experience, and I think that was an emotional thing. Yeah. But the fact that it just turned on like a tap, and this, but this guy seen, seen this well, thing. We, we were in, yeah. I was in Egypt with an ex, went on holiday, and um, we had a week on the cruise, and the second week was in this hotel. Yeah. So I went to bed that night, and I was 
terrified. No reason for it. Absolutely terrified. Couldn't sleep, couldn't do anything. And next day, I was all groggy and grumpy bastards, you know. And then the following night, same thing. Just lied there, just terrified of nothing, just scared. So the next night, I just said to her, I was like, I can't sleep. And she's like saying, it's probably because you're close to the door or something. It's a different, it's a weird room you've never been here before. I'll sleep in that, that bed. It was two single beds pushed together. Yeah. So I slept fine that night. She was terrified again. She couldn't, she couldn't sleep, but I was fine. So the next few nights, we just slept in a single bed. scrunched up together. When we were leaving, I asked one of the porters, like, I said, there's something weird in that room, because every time we slept in that bed, we just we couldn't sleep. We were yeah, scared yeah. of nothing. A few weeks prior, someone had died in that bed. Yeah. There's, uh, it's, a, it's all about energy. That's yeah, weird. Yeah, that's energy. Because how terrified he might have been as he was dying. Yeah. Been a, Fear. It's gone into the bed, perhaps. Yeah energy just absorbing it yeah. you know high impact yield frequency is a go-go that's just an emotional feeling that's, that's a, it is, it's fascinating mm. fascinating well as fascinating as it is Stephen I think we've we gone on for long enough here yeah we've, we've gone very subdued and we've kind of like just letting the feeling just take over us yeah so as we sip we like to say good night out there whatever you are Wow. <sighs>